Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 11th edition of the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding National Liberal Arts College. And we try to get it done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this 11th edition of the 1853 podcast, we'll hear from some of the folks who were honored at last weekend's homecoming, and what an incredible homecoming weekend it was. Football coach Chad Braun will preview this weekend's conference title game against St. Norbert College, and that will be played Saturday afternoon at April Zorn Memorial Stadium. And theater professor Ron Zank will talk about his production of Saving Toyland that opens Thursday, November 16th, over in the Wells Theater. This is the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Before we chat with this week's guest, I want to tell you about several big events coming up here at Monmouth College. We'll hear from theater professor Ron Zank later in the podcast, but this is a good time to remind you that now is the time to get tickets the next production by Monmouth's Outstanding Theater Department, and that's Saving Toyland. It's based on the early 20th century operetta Babes in Toyland by Victor Herbert and Glenn McDonough. Saving Toyland is written and directed by Monmouth's own Ron Zank, and it will be performed November 16 through November 19 at the Wells Theater. For more information and to purchase tickets, check out the Theater Department's website, which is at monmouthcollege.edu slash theater, and that's theater spelled R-E. On November 15, Monmouth's second annual Wistville Robeson Lecture will be held on campus. This year's speaker will be Stacy Pellet of Whispering Mills Farm in Atlantic, Iowa. She's also with the John Deere Company. Her talk will be called Digging Beyond Dirt, which is a discussion of precision agriculture. Her talk will be at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night, November 15, in the Dahl Chapel and Auditorium. The talk is free and open to the public. And a big thanks to 1960 Monmouth graduate Jean Robeson of Monmouth. Her generosity made this outstanding lecture possible. There's a story about this year's Wistful Robeson lecture on the Monmouth College website, which of course is monmouthcollege.edu. Also on November 15, the 2017-18 basketball seasons officially tip off at Monmouth College. The women's team plays Augustana College over at Glenny Gymnasium and tip off is 7 o'clock. The men's basketball team opens that night on the road down at McMurray College. Their home opener will be next Saturday, November 18 against Coe College and that game begins at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. If you weren't one of the more than 1,500 alumni and friends who returned to campus last weekend for Monmouth's 92nd homecoming, you missed out on what was a wonderful weekend. The weekend included class reunions, the homecoming parade, spirit shout, and three wonderful award ceremonies, the Alumni Impact Awards, the M Club Hall of Fame induction ceremony, and the Greek Hall of Fame induction ceremony. 
And of course, this year's homecoming also included the 129th edition of the Turkey Bowl, which the Fighting Scots won for the 19th consecutive year with a 52-10 victory over rival Knox College. But as 2007 graduate Kelly Weffenstedt reminded people in her acceptance speech at the Alumni Impact Awards, the real story at this year's homecoming was a celebration of Monmouth's gift of presence. Kelly received the Young Alum Award for her work in community development efforts in Chicago. She was a first-generation college student, and Kelly said that Monmouth offered so many opportunities to her. Stepping on campus, I found a home here immediately that was close to my home. For me, attending Monmouth was the opportunity to explore an insatiable curiosity, which I still have today. Um, I remember during my first visit, my tour guide at the time saying, if there's not a club or organization that you want to be involved with, just start your own. If, there's a, if you can't find a major, just start your own. And I think that's fitting as I work with entrepreneurs. It gave me the chance to learn how to learn, both inside and outside of the classroom, to explore the connection between faith and social justice, to understand what that means in a larger context. Um, to explore the connection between passion and turning that into your vocation and your work to affect long-term change. Kelly also did a great job explaining how a liberal arts education has the power to transform lives. This gift of presence that Monmouth gave me that I feel is will transform our communities. So for me, a liberal arts education is saying yes is saying yes to people, is saying yes to change, um, is saying yes in order to build relationships and stakeholders and people who care about the institutions and the communities that you're involved in. 1981 Monmouth graduate, Colonel Susan Sanderer, was inducted into the prestigious Monmouth Hall of Achievement. Susan said that curiosity and courage are at the heart of the Monmouth educational experience. It's a very supportive environment, encourage curiosity, and from that curiosity then you learn courage. Uh, because when you try new things and terrible things don't happen and you survive whatever you try, then you've got the courage to go out and try something new. And really, you do try again. You don't always succeed, but it is that success when you make it and the living through it when you don't make it that gets you through life and that lets you keep going on and trying that next. 1984 Monmouth alumnus Jeffrey Miller, who received the Distinguished Service Award, reflected on how Monmouth can change a person's life in his acceptance speech. Monmouth has helped me understand both as a student and alumni to recognize my strengths and weaknesses. I can't do it alone. I shouldn't do it alone. Work with others use our differences to create a greater whole. As Monmouth physics professor Chris Fasano, who received the Hatch Distinguished Teaching Award during homecoming, said the purpose of a Monmouth education is to prepare unstoppable lifelong learners. It really is a pleasure to be in a place where students are first and where we help students succeed. So students succeed, we help them succeed. And what we do is we try to get them to solve problems, to write well, to speak well, and to think well. That's what we do as instructors, and that's what we do at Monmouth College. And many of you help us in so many ways to do that. And, and it's just wonderful. 
But it's more than that. We want them to be successful people, not just successful thinkers. And we want them to be able to talk to others. We want them to be able to be confident, to take risks, to be good people. Um, as Aquinas said, wonder is the desire for knowledge. And Michelangelo said, still I am learning when he was 87. That's what we want. We want students to do that. And I think the most empowering thing that we do for students is to get them to do those things. I talk to them a lot about this, that if they can do those things, they will be un. Those are some of the individuals who were honored at last weekend's 92nd Homecoming Weekend at Monmouth College. You can read more about Homecoming Weekend on the Monmouth College website, which of course is at monmouthcollege.edu. Don't forget to check out the seven great photo albums from the weekend. Those are posted on the Monmouth College Alumni Facebook page, and that address is facebook.com slash monmouthalumni. listening to the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Once again, the Midwest Conference Football Championship has come down to Monmouth and St. Norbert College. The Fighting Scotch and the Green Knights square off at 1.30 this Saturday afternoon at April Zorn Memorial Stadium. Monmouth, who won the Midwest Conference's South Division, takes an 8-1 record into Saturday's conference championship game. After losing to Wartburg College in their second game of the season, Monmouth began a seven-game win streak, which included last Saturday's 52-10 romp over Knox College and the 129th Turkey Bowl. That was the Fighting Scots' 19th consecutive win over the Prairie Fire. St. Norbert, who won the North Division of the conference, started the season 0-2, but the Green Knights also own a seven-game win streak and a 7-2 overall record. Knox might be Monmouth's oldest rival, but Fighting Scots football coach Chad Braun says that St. Norbert is also one of Monmouth's biggest rivals. In the last three years, the Midwest Conference Championship has been between the Fighting Scots and the Green Knights. Uh, you know, it's a familiar opponent, familiar foe, um, you know, great program, and going to be a great challenge for us Saturday. Uh, when you're playing St. Norbert, you're going to play, you know, a, a very well-coached football team, a very talented football team, and a very storied uh, football tradition, you know, so um, our guys understand, you know, the magnitude of playing St. Norbert and, and uh, what this game means for sure. In this Saturday afternoon showdown, Chad says that turnovers, special team play, and big plays will likely be the difference in the game. Uh, taking care of the football is, is going to be a huge, you know, factor in this game. You know, you look at when we lost to them two years ago up there, we turned the ball over five times and, um, you know, they did a great job taking away the football and, and, um, you know, we missed three field goals. So, you know, turnovers and special teams are going to be huge in this one. Um, and then, you know, whoever gets the big play, you know, that, that's going to be a big factor. Two years ago up there, um, they got the big play, um, you know, caught a pass and you know, went about 80 yards, and, and that was really the difference, you know. So, um, you know, whoever can, you know, hit the big play on offense and, and then take care of the football. Monmouth has this season's top scoring offense as well as the top scoring defense in the Midwest Conference. St. Norbert has the second best scoring defense and the third best scoring offense in the conference. Nationally, both teams scoring defense ranks in the top 20 in the NCAA Division III. Yeah, you know, our defense has been been playing really, really well. Um, I think, you know, we're the number four total defense in the nation. 
think number eight scoring defense in the nation. Um, yeah, we play, we've played great defense up to this point. You know, really, really pleased with the progress we made after the Warburg game, um, you know, and a lot of it was just about getting healthy. Mama's scoring offense ranks in the top 20 nationally in the NCAA Division III, and that's thanks in no small part to the play of quarterbacks Hayden Nelson and Joshua McKenzie, along with running back DeAndre Wright. He's rushed for more than 100 yards six times this season. Um, our offense is doing a nice job, you know, a lot of balance, you know, running the ball pretty effectively, but also throwing the ball really well you know um, Hayden's really matured as a quarterback you know he's taking better care of the football and then you know Joshua McKenzie you know is coming in and giving us a big lift when he gets opportunities to play too so yeah we've we've made some great great progress on that side of the ball and you know DeAndre got off to a slow start and now we got him rolling so uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch the progress of our offense. To prepare for this weekend's conference championship game, Chad said his team won't change a lot in terms of how Monmouth approaches a game. Our guys are going to have a different vibe, different juice about them this week. But, yeah, as coaches, you know, it's just you, you got to prepare your guys the same way. It's it's all about the process. Focus on the process, not the outcome. Um, you got to come out and you got to have a good week of practice. You know, take it one day at a time and – and prepare yourself just like we do any other week and, you know, get ready to play a football game. No matter the outcome on Saturday, history will be made at Monmouth because it's the first time the Fighting Scots will get to host an outright conference title game. Um, you know, in my 18 years here, we've never had an opportunity to host, um, you know, the actual conference championship game. Um, so that's kind of a, a unique thing uh, for us to be able to do. Um, we got to play in it. Uh, two years ago up at St. Norbert when, when we had the uh, divisions and then last year, you know, it came down to, you know, the week nine game against us in St. Norbert. So, um, so yeah, it's pretty neat to be able to host it here. And as Chad points out, being the host team offers the home team a lot of intangible benefits. That's why people talk about it. It is an advantage. You know, you get to sleep in your own bed at night. Um, you know, you, you, uh, you don't have to worry about, you know, uh, making – reservations and and um, you know just all the planning that goes in for traveling on the road and putting together a travel list and and um, you know all those things that that you have to worry about you know when you're planning a um, plan a road game so um, it's nice to be at home you know you get to practice at home get to sleep in your own bed at home um, so there is there is an advantage and then obviously you know the Monmouth College community is going to come out and get behind us and then you know this the, the Monmouth community so um, you know we, we should have good, great fan support of this one for sure. That's Monmouth football coach Chad Braun. His Fighting Scots play St. Norbert College at 1:30 this Saturday afternoon at April Zorn Memorial Stadium for the Midwest Conference Championship and a bid to the NCAA tournament. Hope to see you at the stadium on the hillside. You can follow Chad Braun on Twitter at MCBrawnyBoy. You can follow Monmouth Football on Twitter at Scott's Gridiron. Don't forget to follow Monmouth College Athletics on Twitter at MCFightingScots. And to keep up with all things Fighting Scots related, including this weekend's games, don't forget to check in early and often to the Monmouth College Athletics website, and that address is MonmouthScots.com. Be sure to check in a lot this weekend because in addition to the big Monmouth St. Norbert football game, we also have cross country competing in the NCAA regionals and Monmouth swimming hosts the Monmouth Invite. There's lots going on in Monmouth College athletics. This is also a good point in the podcast to remind you of the many ways in which you can follow Monmouth College in the social media spectrum. 
The college's main Facebook page is facebook.com slash Monmouth College. The college's main Twitter account is at Monmouth, and the college is on Instagram at Monmouth College. If you're on Snapchat, be sure to follow Monmouth on Snapchat at This Is Monmouth. And don't forget to check out Monmouth on Spotify, some great playlists on Spotify for your audio enjoyment for all occasions and events. You're listening to the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm your host, Dwayne Bonifer, in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. First performed in 1903 as an operetta, Babes in Toyland is a big part of America's cultural landscape. It's been a rite of passage for generations of children. The next production by Mama's Theater Department, Saving Toyland, riffs off that famous story, Babes in Toyland. It's an adaptation of the 1903 operetta, and it's not only directed by Mammoth Theater professor Ron Zhang, but it was written by him as well. It will be performed November 16 through November 19 at the college's Wells Theater. In Ron Zank's adaptation, mishaps occur in Toyland when Mother Goose flies the coop and no one knows where to find her. Among the issues, something is seriously wrong with the Christmas toys being made, and Little Miss Muffet, Jack and Jill, and the other nursery rhyme characters aren't even rhyming. As you might discern, it's quite a crisis. Ron says that his family-friendly adaptation takes out some parts of the story while preserving others. You know, Babes in Toyland has been around since 1903, and what I've done is basically uh, taken out the songs, which has been a lot of it for a long time, uh, but kept a lot of the sort of odd, convoluted plot and really just emphasized the humor and the physical comedy and the bad jokes and the puns. So you may be hearing some jokes from 1903, um, and it may show at certain points. Ron says that the Mama's students in the production of Saving Toyland spent some time studying the original Babes in Toyland and the era in which it was written. His adaptation softened the original storyline quite a bit. So, yeah, but that's actually been part of the fun of it is, is because it's so old, it's in the public domain, so we can do whatever we want with it. There's no copyright on it anymore. So, yeah, so I've taken it in some fun directions. I've, the, the ending I gave is a little bit different than the original ending. Um, actually, the original piece is, is quite a bit darker. There's a couple deaths that we're not dealing with in this version. So, yeah, I kept a little more upbeat on that end. Holiday show for the family. So I thought, we'll, we'll get the death out of there if we can. It's not to say it doesn't have its serious moments, but, but yeah. Ron says that many factors have contributed to Babes in Toyland surviving for so long in American popular culture. I think part of it is um, the music, because you have the Victor Herbert music, and that includes both the orchestral as well as the songs. And so we're using some recorded music of his, so that certainly adds to it. I think that's part of it. Um, You know, you're dealing with some kind of classic nursery rhyme characters like Bo Peep and Little Miss Muffet. So I think there's a real appeal there. It's always been intended as a family show. Actually, when it was originally written, it was in response to uh, the first stage version of The Wizard of Oz that premiered the year before. So, um, and that was really, really popular. That one is not done anymore. It's not as well known because of the movie. You know, the movie kind of took over in popularity there, but Babes in Toyland kept going. So it started in 1903, and then almost right away, there were two touring companies covering the country, and then it kept coming back to Broadway and to New York periodically. And then there's been 
what, four television versions and, you know, lots of different stage versions out there. Um, we have the Disney movie. Uh, there's been an animated version. So it's just stuck around for a long time. And basically what people have done every time, which is what I've done, is, they, is they've kind of cherry-picked the pieces they like and the pieces they don't. So some characters are, stick around and some don't. Mine probably has more characters from the original than a lot of the more recent ones does. Saving Toyland is another collaboration between Monmouth College and Monmouth the Community, led by the Buchanan Center for the Arts, which is producing the show. Several cast members are from the community, including 10 children. I love this collaboration with the Buchanan Center for the Arts. It's always, I think it's a great thing that we have here on the campus, so I'm always excited by that. And so, yeah, so we have um, both adults and kids from the community, and they're involved, and they're just doing a great job. Kids are having a great time. They're really, they're working hard, but they're having fun. Um, they're keeping uh, some of our students honest, and, you know, it's sort of like, well, I have my lines in this part. Why don't you have them memorized yet? So that's kind of nice to see. Um, but yeah, they're, they're having a good time, and yeah, they're really working well together. That's Monmouth Theater Professor Ron Zank. His adaptation of Babes in Toyland, Saving Toyland, runs November 16 through November 19 at the Wells Theater. There's a preview story about Saving Toyland on the Monmouth College website, which is monmouthcollege.edu. You can reserve your tickets for one of the productions, or maybe more, at monmouthcollege.edu slash theater. Looking ahead to next week's 1853 podcast, we'll learn more about Mama's outstanding psychology program. We'll also learn about an award that was recently presented to Assistant Director of Leadership Development, Jake McLean. And we'll check in with the friendly folks over at the Huff Athletic Center to see what's happening in Monmouth College Athletics. That's going to be a 30 for this 11th edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day. Mm-hmm.